Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. Brian and Bucks together on the mic before the end of Double Game Week 29. And we're doing so. We're in good spirits. We're both on massive green hours at the moment. We're doing this early to try and accommodate the hectic Premier League transfer and game week window, as well as Brian has a major trip planned for the weekend. He is going to Sin City with his buddies for Bachelor Party. Congrats, Brian. I know you're excited not only to have a green arrow, but to have a bunch of fun at the roulette and craps table this weekend. Oh, baby, let's effing go, Bucks. It's a big week here for Chin the Master, for Chin for the win. It's going to be a good time with a bunch of my buddies making it out. We're going to be watching all the March Madness games, hopefully sprinkling a few Premier League matches along the way, and uh, just looking for green arrows and green stacks of cash this week. Oh, absolutely. That's going to be a theme, I think, in Chin City or Vegas, where they'll be taking over. (laughs) If you are an FPL fan and an FPL player and want to reach out to Brian while he's in town to get together with him and and his buddies to watch one of the, uh, as Brian mentioned, the few Premier League matches, emphasis on few happening in blank game week 30, uh, reach out to him, reach out to us on social. We'd love to make that happen. Uh, I know Brian is looking to have the best possible time in Vegas this weekend. But for now, let's focus on the footy. And at least at the time being, Brian, both of us are flying in double game week 29. We're both well into the triple digits. And yeah, we're both on bench boost. Uh, very different pathways to our total score at the moment. But uh, we're both there and we're both on green arrow. So why don't you take it away? How, how did you get to your score for double game week 29? Yeah, sure thing, Buck. So after a wild card in game week 28, I had a bit of a spill that game week, but was really setting myself up for this bench boost chip, which I think we should talk about a little more. It is one of the most frustrating chips to use because it is so heavily involved with just lucking out into points. Like I have Jacob Ramsey on my bench and he essentially made my bench boost successful with a late goal versus West Ham for a 10 pointer. But yeah, without, I'll without, say, I'll say that one yeah. <laughs> player on in your third bench spot is outscoring my entire bench boost of four guys. So oh. uh, yeah, that's definition of success in just one out of four players. Yeah. It's just one of those chips that you have to spend so many resources and time around to build those extra playing players. And uh, I think Bucks, one thing we might do next season is look at an early bench boost in game week one or game week two and just get rid of that chip. Uh, that could be another time so we can maximize our wild cards because you do have to, when you wild card, you're trying to maximize your, your starting 11. But with the bench boost in mind, you have to put funds into other players, make sure they play, make sure they have lined up with double game week fixtures. Potentially it's, it's a hodgepodge, but uh, yeah. Anyway, long route to saying that I am right now on a really solid 20 K green arrow up to about 51 K OR and have a 106 net points. I took a hit last week. So uh, looking, looking pretty solid though. And I have three players to go tomorrow with Dubrovka, Wood and Gordon uh, from Everton yet to play. So I'm looking at a, a really solid position, even if those guys all blank and get like six points total, that's uh, that's going to put me in the top 50 K uh, for sure. So looking forward to that. And most people won't have three assets in that game. Um, and I know uh, that'll, that'll be uh, you know positive for me for sure. 
Yeah. And what's nice for you, Brian, is you might actually get your second manager of the game week uh, based on how it shakes out tomorrow and that match. Uh, again, Brian, you're on 110 with a minus four hit. So 106 total. I'm also on 110, took a very different route to get there. I took two hits. So I'm on 102 all out right now. I have Dubrovka remaining. I'm on about a 50K green arrow up into the top 175K overall. Uh, So pretty satisfied with that. However, I used my bench boost and right now it is looking horrible. Uh, It is a barren wasteland of points. I was optimistic that I was going to get 12 points from my bench boost chip. And right now, if I land on 12 points, I will be absolutely thrilled. That will be an excellent result. I have Dean who went off injured with what looks like a pretty serious injury. So that's troubling. He gets a one pointer. Watkins gets two points. Veghorst misses a pretty easy chance. He's also on two points and Dubrovka is on two points. So I got a ways to go. And uh, the only thing that could save me is a Dubrovka clean sheet, which I know you'd be thrilled about getting those points as well. So that's where we sit right now. Both really nice green arrows. Our, Our wishes were answered and we finally got some good healthy scores and good results from double game week 29. Yeah. The only thing that would have made my game week better was heeding your advice on last week's pod to Captain Harry Kane over Mohamed Salah. And although I was, you know, and did have the vice on Kane, I was just afraid of all the people who are triple captaining Salah this week. And that was, you know, part in tandem why I use my bench boost chip to keep kind of pace with those folks. And, uh, you know, Captain Salah for 20 points. Very unfortunate that he picked up an injury in that. Uh, and, and it was just a knock. So he did feature in the second game, but only played about 35 minutes. So, we look really good because we triple captain Sala for his 84 points. Whereas um, a few games ago, whereas this triple captain, you know, only would have netted 30 points. So huge swing there. Uh, when you look at the season in aggregate. For sure. And I think Brian, you're burying the lead and the efficacy of your bench boost, because right now you're on 28 points from that bench boost, which is absolutely massive. I think that's, I can comfortably say that's the difference between you on green arrow and red arrow based on those 28 point uh, buoy. And you have one game remaining from Dubrovka. So I think net net, when we look back at the overall results of the season, um, you're not going to be bashing the bench boost too much because that actually might be the best chip that you use outside of the Mo Salah triple captain. I mean, 30 point swing is, is nothing to sneeze at. So um, definitely think you nailed it in this game week. I am still looking to figure out how I'm best going to use those two free hits that I have remaining. And maybe that will be in line with my triple captain chip, as opposed to my bench boost chip. We can only hope. Yeah, that's right. Bucks. I think I would be very excited to clear 30 points above everyone else. When we do free hit, when you're looking at the kind of average scores in your overall rank tier, so hopefully uh, game week 33, game week 36, which we're going to cover a little bit later. We have some breaking news. Excited to share that because there are some double game weeks confirmed. And uh, that's a good time for us to use our free hit chips because we're not using them in blank game week 30, which we'll preview very shortly. Perfect transition. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll recap the top performers in double game week 29. Also, make sure to uh, give some give some credit and some uh, kick some dirt on the floppers as well. When we're back. 
Welcome back to the FPL Blues podcast. We're now going to shout out some of the top performers from game week 29. And let's start with all of the Liverpool defensive assets, Bucks. They come in with two clean sheets. And the man at the top is the cheapest out of all of those assets. And that's one Joel Matip at 4.9 million. He comes in with 19 points, two clean sheets, an assist, and four bonus points. Very impressive showing. And I know you watched the game really closely today versus Arsenal, and you were singing his praises as well. I think that the four bonus is actually a little light because to my eye, he was the best player on the pitch for Liverpool today. He was everywhere. You know, Joel Matip doesn't get enough credit because he really is one of the only two traditional defenders in the Liverpool team next to Virgil van Dijk, who obviously gets a lot more praise and recognition with good reason. But Joel Matip has to cover oftentimes for Trent Alexander-Arnold as he bombs forward. As many of us who play the FPL game and watch the Premier League closely know, Trent is more of a winger and more of a creative talisman player than he is a defender. He's really actually a poor defender, all things considered. So especially in this game against Arsenal, Matip was everywhere. He was covering not only his centre-back responsibilities, but he was often making darting runs to help with Martinelli and other players like Saka, who were just everywhere and really attacking from Arsenal. And I thought he was incredible. He had a couple really great interventions and didn't really make any mistakes. So uh, kudos to any FPL managers who went differential and brought in Matip. Also worth mentioning Andy Robertson. He had 18 points, two clean sheets, an assist, and three bonus. Allison ends on 15, TAA is on 13, and Van Dyke's on 12. So if you had a double Ooh. up, really any Liverpool double up in defense, you were loving double game week 29. That's certain. Yeah, taking a look at Matip, it's very interesting to see Liverpool bring in Kanate in the offseason because they were thinking that Matip wasn't the answer next to Van Dyke. And he's nailed down that starting role and has looked fantastic uh, next to BVD. And it's uh, just, again, when you have that kind of relationship in the back, it helps the entire team bomb forward. And we're seeing Rabo. I think he might have surpassed TAA now in assists on the FPL season, which is incredible. Uh, the last kind of dozen games or so, he's just been on fire. So both Matip, um, TAA, and Bravo are all throwing double digit hauls in every other game. Uh, so very impressive from Liverpool. And they closed the gap on, on City because City dropped points this week, Bucks. That was hella surprising. I'm still shocked that uh, KDB's off the post didn't net them any, any points in that one versus Crystal Palace. And now we have a, a true title race. Yeah, sorry, Cancelo off the post, I think you meant. Um, and I know both of us were really relieved to see that not go into the back of the net as we had both sold <laughs> Cancelo in advance of some of these double game weeks to try and be aggressive. That would have really punished managers yeah. who have wild I mean, he, carded. He, he was still ended on nine way. points. Yeah, still ended on nine points and was an absolute beast in that game. But yeah, City dropped points. So this is actually a positive for both. Liverpool assets and Manchester City assets in the FPL game because the last season point. the league was the league was wrapped up and you didn't want any piece of their rotation uh, at City especially so we have a, a great April 10th heavyweight bout about to come up Bucks and uh, we're going to be all eyes on that one in a few weeks. 
Yeah. And I think this is a really easy conversation starter to say that, you know, Liverpool now have the title in their hands. So they're actually, they play against City, as you mentioned, Brian, on April 10th. That's going to be a massive premier kind of powerhouse showdown really for a chance at taking the title race by the horns. And what's exciting is that Liverpool and City both are just not skipping a beat. So even when you draw, that's not enough to ensure that you're going to win this league at, at the way that those two teams are playing. They're just levels above even the third place team, Chelsea, at this point in the season. And I think it's going to be really heated because both teams not only are in Premier League contention for the title, but they're both also in Champions League in the last eight and they're in the FA Cup. So there's going to be potential trophies in you know, both teams' eyes, both teams are going to be dreaming of having perhaps multiple trophies by the end of this season. Yeah, great shout, Bucks. All right, let's also talk about a few other players that caught our eye and produced on the field in double game week 29. And Mr. Harry Kane seems to be back in form. He totals 14 total points, gets a goal in both games, and uh, converted the pen versus Manchester United in that loss. And then had a couple big chances today versus Brighton and he ends up with one goal and two bonus for eight points. So he really looks like the key man up top, especially since they have both Sun and Kulu kind of feeding him a little bit more. And uh, I thought that Sun, unfortunately, over the last couple of weeks has looked to take a back seat, whereas uh, Kulu and Kane look to be the ideal FPL pairing, especially from a budget perspective. What are you seeing with the Tottenham Hotspurs Bucks? Yeah, I should mention that being a non-Kane FPL owner, that second match where they played Brighton was absolutely terrifying. He missed a sitter uh, in the first half. That really should have been the opening goal of the game. And then he had potentially, he had a shout for a penalty kick. Um, You know, it was a little soft uh, on Duffy, who kind of kicked out at him. And then less than a minute later, he had this dream uh, deep lying pass all the way to Reggion, who then blows the chance. So I feel pretty fortunate that he only ended up with 14 FPL points, obviously double digit haul. That's massive and you love to see it, but he is just in such great form. It's crazy to think that he's going to end up in 20 goals this season. He had one from the first 15 matches. So absolutely mind exploding the level of form that this man is in and he's clearly the talisman at Spurs and we knew that coming into the season but based on his form I think it might make sense to start having the conversation going into blank game week 30 of selling Sun and buying Kane for the cost of a minus four hit because as I look at the rest of the season I would absolutely rather have Kane and four points less than Hyung Min Sung, based on the form they're both in at this point in time, attacking the final eight or so game week. So that's just my personal take. I'm interested to know, Brian, you have both um, kind of, what are you thinking? Would you consider selling Sun for Kulisevsky as a future move to free up funds? Yeah, it's a really tough one, Bucks. Obviously, Sun is one of my favorite players. I actually just got his Tottenham kit for my birthday this past week for you my trainer. Day, so. Oh, I know, but Sonny, Sonny's my guy. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> so looking at this, you know, the Spurs are just relying less on Sun for creativity now that Kulu is also on the pitch and taking attention away from defenses. And given that you can really just downgrade Sun to Kulu and 
save 4 million and spread that around your team. That's something I'm actively considering. Uh, happy to be doubled up on them for the next couple of weeks because they do play the likes of, um, you know, play in 30 and then they play Newcastle in 31. So Sun's quality, he can always pop up for double digit. But right now, Kane just makes all the right weighted passes. He's very involved, even when he's, you know, deep and trying to retrieve the ball. His footwork, his attitude is just helping lead the team. And he is hopefully developing a good relationship with Conte as they continue to transform this team. So I, I would definitely be looking at bringing Kane in because he's he's just one of those players that when he hits, hits that huge purple patch of form, he's good for 8 to 13 points every single match, uh, even against the top sides. Ain't that the truth? And that's actually a perfect transition. We should just highlight some of the single game week top performers and, you know, echoing Kane's return to form. We should really credit Cristiano Ronaldo and his absolute smashing of the match against Spurs. Ooh, he where did that come from, Bucks? It was pretty remarkable. He put Manchester United single-handedly he put them on his back in front of the goat in the other footy in front of Tom Brady uh, for all to see he scores a hat trick and gets all three bonus points for 17 FPL points and it's really sparking the conversation of whether it is time in the season to go back to big at the front because if Kane and Ronaldo are both going to be in form then you have to be crazy to not at least have one of them in your team because you're really going up against guys that are vacuums for bonus points and they have so many avenues to goal i mean kane and ronaldo both probably have penalty kicks uh kane for sure and you know they could they could always pop up and put the ball in the back of the net whether it's against the run of play or whatever um they're just so good and so clinical when they have their chances yeah i think this is a one-off performance from Ronaldo, we've seen him kind of drop off recently, but it was an epic performance. It was one of um, one of his few hat tricks ever at Manchester United. So just putting that into perspective over 20 year span of his career, and he's only had a handful of hat tricks and he got one when he's 37 years old. And uh, when I look at the rest of the premium forwards, I, Kane still sticks out to me as the one because he's nailed and he's going to play 90 minutes, whereas you know, we still see some up and down performances from United. They were ousted from UCL this week uh, as well versus Atletico Madrid. So he was kind of non-existent in that one. So I think, uh, again, Kane by and far away, the number one choice for premium forwards and a, a legit captaincy shout. If we have, especially when you're thinking about Salah versus City, he did return earlier in the year, but I would definitely be leaning towards captaining Harry Kane in game week 32 when they play Villa. Two other players we just want to touch on, Connor Cody and Ivan Tony. Uh, Cody had 14 points, a goal, clean sheet. He did have a yellow card and three bonus. And Tony is on massive run of form. He had a dozen. He had a brace and three bonus. He now has five goals in the last two matches. And really the reason we want to shout out these two players is because both their teams actually play in game week 30. So they could be potential transfer targets as you plan your team on short notice as game week 30 does start on Friday of this week. So within 48 hours from now. Hold on, hold on, Bucks. How did we both avoid both of uh, Cody's goals this season? I'm on wild card. I go with Saiz. You were on wild card. You went, went with eight Nori. And in between those kind of four matches, Cody crops up with like two goals. 
and uh, two double digit hauls. That that one that one hurts. I will say he has more goals this season than he does in the previous two seasons combined. So uh, he's definitely oh, ridiculous up at the right time. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Wolves obviously need some attacking threat from their defenders, and I was just hoping that was going to be Saïs. But uh, I got a I got a clean sheet from Saïs on my bench boost, and happy to have him for game week thirty. And then Tony, Tony's a player that obviously we were had high expectations coming into the season, and he's starting to get a few more chances. They're changed their formation at Brentford. Christian Eriksen back in the squad with his first beautiful. Uh, assist to Tony on a header late in that Burnley match. And he's a player that obviously there's just a, a dead pool of strikers that we're trying to sift through. So uh, if you need a warm body and honestly, Tony might find his way into my team this week because I have, um, you know, a few open slots on my team that I need to fill. But uh, yeah, I, I think Brentford have won kind of a couple of games lately that I thought they might be on the heels of relegation, but Looks like they are in a decent position to stay up. And I think that's something Bucks, uh, not this episode, but one of these upcoming episodes, we got to talk about the relegation battle because it, it is really heating up right now. Yeah. Tony right now is the one that got away from me. I had him through the first dozen game weeks of the season and really stuck with him. He had a couple important goals, most of them from penalties or against the run of play. But right now, Brentford desperately need results. They are just outside the relegation battle at the moment. And Tony is showing up in a massive way. Again, five goals in the last two game weeks. If you stuck or held on to him and started him specifically, you are absolutely laughing to the bank. I mean, it's just for such a discount player, he's a real budget forward option. He's really turned into the player that we all hoped and expected he would be coming into the start of the season. He's nailing his penalties and he's just popping up with great creative finishing and great creative uh, relief as Brentford often are just stuck in their defensive zone, kind of hoping to not concede. He's really been a bright spot. Um, you know, speaking on bright spots, any, any, anyone else you want to shout out, Brian, before we transition to the not so not so pretty? Yeah, I just want to shout out Rafinha. Obviously not a top point getter this game week, but easily could have had 15 plus points. He hit the bar on a few shots. He really looked very active, obviously playing Norwich, um, but he just ends up with five points. I actually hit him out for Saka this week, and they both end up on five points. So that's uh, that's me taking an L on that one. But um, yeah, he's he's a player that also plays in 30 that if you don't have him in your squad and you have a slot in your midfield that's open i don't i don't mind him coming in bamford played 45 minutes i thought that was interesting to note we we saw bamford have a nice weighted pass to um rafinha who almost scored the goal so at least they have a little bit more threat and that even opened up dan james who looked pretty pretty good in that match too for Leeds. so maybe there are better days ahead for this this lead squad um that we haven't seen yet that is assuming they could stay up in the premier league um you know, we want to just mention the floppers of the game week. Last game week, we really trashed Southampton for the kind of flip floppy and poor run of form that they had fallen into after a lot of us and many FPL managers kind of went heavy to bring their assets in. Right now, the team that is just totally sputtering is Brighton, and they are completely adrift. They're not scoring goals, and what had been a really reliable and stout defense is just conceding in bunches they've conceded 
two, two, three, four. So they've lost six in a row now. And their margin of defeat and goals conceding wow. in that is 13 to one. I mean, that is just stark from how they started the season and really how they were playing all of last season. So I wonder if that's just because they made some transfer moves to move some guys out and now depth might be a problem or whether they're just kind of, they're getting tired. I mean, it's just not such a high uh, ceiling club uh, based on the current players that are fit. And so maybe this just really is the true Brighton once they're kind of a little battered and a little beaten up uh, most of the way through the season. I mean, Brighton is the city by the sea in the United Kingdom bucks. So they're, they're at the beach already. They're, there's no reason to have any of their assets in your FPL squad the rest of the season. And I know that a lot of people rate Graham Potter, and I think he's done a pretty good job given the assets that they've had at Brighton, but we've never seen him take that kind of next step to maybe getting a bigger job. And the reason that is, is because he hasn't really run a really tactical, well-oiled attack at any point in his stay at Brighton. And so I think that's just something for us to keep note of. And as you said, they've conceded 13 goals and only scored one. I'm going to throw some cold water on that. I really rate Graham Potter as a manager. I think he would have been a better hire than Ralph Ragnick at Manchester United because for all the flaws of the Brighton team and for all the flaws of them as a club, again, they're not a big club. They don't have a, you know, a huge storied history. They're not a free agent destination. However, they just keep sputtering along and putting together solid performances. And I think you have to credit the coach there with his tactics. They had been a really stout defensive side. Obviously, they're now missing some depth and dealing with some injuries. Uh, I think he's one of the best 10 managers in the Premier League for sure. And I would rate that he would do well at a bigger club with an expanded checkbook and transfer budget um, and perhaps better players. But with that, I think, no, no more needs to be said about Brighton. They've lost six in a row. So buzz <laughs> off until you get a result. Yeah. You're not going to hear about them much on the FPL Blues podcast. With that, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll discuss some breaking news, preview game week 30, and also discuss our transfer and captaincy plans. Hey, listeners, we got some big news to share with you. Bucks is going to break down some of the double game week 31 news and also some fixtures that we believe are going to have uh, rearranged in double game week 33. So let's start with 31 bucks. What do we have on the docket? So game week 31 is much more straightforward and is now confirmed to be a small double game week for Burnley who are going to play Manchester city at home and then Everton at home. And Everton also will have a double game week. They play West Ham away and Burnley away. I mean, this is essentially a single game week for uh, for the likes of Burnley. They're not going to get anything but blanks versus a city team that is motivated and needs to win. So uh, I, I like this much better for Everton. Uh, I could definitely see Richarlison popping up with some points. Gordon, 4.5 million could be an enabler in your side if you're trying to get one Harry Kane, who we shouted out before. I think Gordon at 4.5 is, is definitely a player that you could bring in and hopefully shift some funds up top to maybe upgrade one of your you know mid-priced um, forwards. So that that's basically it, though. There, there's nothing. There's nothing you want in Everton's defense. There's even Pickford. He's he's not an option. Pope maybe if you're gonna get some save points, but 
all in all, I, I don't think there's any reason you should prioritize these transfers. You should look elsewhere in your squad to improve moving forward. But Gordon is the, the standout option at 4.5 million to enable heavy hitters. All right. You're being much more charitable. I think my quick takeaway is woof. Holy cow. These are terrible double game week matches. I would not be making any transfers to bring in additional players from Burnley or Everton. And I'm a Voot Veghorst owner. And if, if push came to shove and I needed to move Voot to bring in Kane, I would not think twice or even for more than a millisecond about keeping him for these matches, just totally unappealing. And I think uh, if you were being perfectly candid and didn't already have Anthony Gordon in your team, you wouldn't be uh, doing any stretching or uh, tinkering to try and fit him in. He's just a complete stay away from both these teams as they are locked in a relegation battle and not very good, uh, to be perfectly honest. Look, Bucks, I'm just using my creative juices to think about managers who, again, might want to swap out Sun and get Kane in. So there, there's a situation where a lot of managers you know, had Bruno, then went to Sun. You can move Sun at 10.5 plus million to Gordon use 6 million and all of a sudden you can upgrade like Dennis to Kane. So I'm just, I'm just shouting that out that those are, those are the types of transfer moves that people will be considering uh, moving forward. And he's a, he's a guy that's 4.5 million who can be just on your bench. So uh, that's, that's the, the only way um, you would bring him into your side as an enabler. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, worth mentioning that Everton and Burnley both do not play in blank game week 30. So again, these are transfers potentially that you need to make with an eye on double game week 31 today, or they're moves that you'll be kind of penciling into your squad after blank game week 30. Or if you choose to while, excuse me, if you choose to free hit in game week 30, you're going to have one transfer. So maybe you're going to be taking a hit and penciling in one of these moves. All right, let's move on to the much more exciting announcement, which was potential double game week 33. And this is a big one and still remains to be set in stone as there's FA Cup matches happening this weekend. Those results will determine exactly what matches get played and when. But for now, we know that there are at least six teams that are going to be having a double game week, potentially all the way up to 10 teams matching the biggest double game week of the season. Uh, and there might even be some blank game weeks based on what we know right now. So confirmed double game week 33 teams are Arsenal, Brighton, Burnley, Leicester, Manchester United, and Newcastle. So it is interesting to see Burnley will have a double game week in 31 and then also in 33. And other than that, Bucks, the FA Cup results, which will be coming soon and will solidify double game week 33, but those teams that might double are Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, and Southampton. Now, it's important to mention that the reason that they could double is because it depends on the results in the FA Cup tie. If any of them lose, then there could be blank game weeks for Villa, Leeds, and Wolves. So if any of Chelsea, Liverpool, City, or Southampton lose, then that will mitigate at least one double game week team and lead to some blank game week. So again, still a lot in flux, but this is why it, it is rewarding to be planning and paying close attention to what's going on, not just in the Premier League, but going on in world and European football 
entirely. So, uh, you know, Chelsea, Man City and Liverpool all progressed to the final eight in the Champions League while Man United got bounced. So again, all of these rescheduled matches and matches in other competitions are going to have impacts on the remaining Premier League schedule. So worth mentioning, we know that double game week 33 is going to be huge. That's right, Bucks. And the teams that could blank as a result of the FA Cup ties consist of Villa, Leeds, and Wolverhampton, which is very interesting because they all play in game week 30. And so a lot of us have their assets. They've recently doubled in either 28 or 29. So these are definitely teams that you will be looking to move on from and hopefully get some other double game week players in. And then I think Bucks, the only thing to note right now is that Leicester will still have more double game weeks to come. They have a number of fixtures to make up yet, but based on their um, current schedule, those have not been announced. So keep an eye on those mid-priced assets at Leicester because they will become a factor in FPL. Great point. And, you know, Leicester have a bunch uh, and Everton do too, but Everton are not right now in double game week 33. So both those teams are at least going to have two double game weeks between game week 34 and game week 37. So uh, again, start planning your transfers with some of these players on your watch list and in mind. All right. I think at this point, let's talk about our plans going into blank game week 30. I know we've told the listeners over and over again that we're both planning to skip (laughs) using our first free hit chip as we both have maintained both of our free hits going into this blank game week. So with that out of the way, Brian, what are your transfer and captaincy plans this game week? Yeah, sure thing, Bucks. And I think just to reiterate, this game week just has a very low ceiling because your all of your attackers are playing your defenders Agreed. and vice versa, Agreed. right? So you could have Rafinha in your side, but then also have Jose Sa and Kilman if, you know, if Rafinha scores a goal, it wipes those two clean sheets and your your just net points from that game are going to be very low. So I, I really think you could field eight players this game week and even take a minus four to field eight players and you'll be fine. I, I think this is a game week that you're just trying to tread water. You'll be fine with a gray dot or if um, you know if you get a small red arrow, that's completely fine. You want to use the free hit in game week 33 or 36 when we have these massive doubles where you can get 11 double game week players in your side and uh, really have a lot more excitement rather than watching four fixtures, which also bucks. Let's talk about the schedule for these four fixtures. They're spread out between three days. It's going to be a long, very slow trickling game week. You're going to open the app. You're going to have six total points showing by the end of the day on, on Saturday. It's, it's going to be a, a brutal one. Totally agree with you there. Unnecessary to have Friday footy when there's only four matches. So Leeds play Wolves in that opening match. Again, that's why you should be mindful of the fact that the transfer deadline is coming fast and furious. By the time this podcast is up, you'll probably have under 24 hours to make any moves and do any planning. And I just think that it's hard to make transfers right now because anyone you bring in this game week, right, has to play in game week 30. And as we just mentioned, Those are teams that you'd be targeting that don't have doubles in some of these big fixture swings down the line, probably not players you'd want to have long-term till the end of the season. So for that reason, even though I have 1 million in the bank, I'm likely skipping my free hit and also rolling my transfer. I only have seven guys with Dean now injured. 
but I don't really want to bring in anyone. Um, so I'm just probably going to roll the transfer in game week 31. Dean will probably turn into Reese James for my team. And yeah, I'll just accordingly, but especially if your Ooh. team has Harry Kane, if you just had Harry Kane and only like three other players in blank game week 30, I would think about just captaining Kane and rolling the transfer anyway. <laughs> uh, I really think that there's having Kane is such a differential at this point in the season. And to be able to captain him for blank game week 30 with such a limited pool of players, I think that's really the only differential you would need to have a potential green arrow in what we're both expecting is going to be a low scoring game week 30 captaincy is son or Kane. Honestly, it just depends who you have. And if you have both, I would lean Kane given his current form. I think that a lot of folks got a lot of Coutinho points a couple game weeks ago, but they're facing wolves who are pretty stout on defense. You don't really know how that match is going to go. So not many captaincy options. And therefore, Again, just going to be a low-scoring game week, so you'd rather have fun and pick a free-hit team in game week 33 or 36. So that's our plan. Uh, taking a look at my team, Bucks, I have currently eight players, and I think I am going to use a transfer this week. I'm going to bring in Ivan Tony for Chris Wood. That's actually going to save me like 0.1 or 0.2 in the bank. And uh, again, I'm going to field nine players, Captain Kane, and I have Kane and Son and feel pretty, pretty good about it this game week. Hopefully Kane can get, you know, eight to 13 points. That'd be fantastic as a, as a captaincy shout in a low scoring game week. And then game week 31, it's going to be so welcome to have all of our players back playing and uh, especially looking at Liverpool assets. They play Watford and that's surely going to be a bashing. So you'll be very well set up bucks with your triple up on Liverpool when game week 31 rolls around. For sure. And that's what I'm banking on. Uh, just quick question before we get out of here. Would you rate potentially going differential in blank game week 30 and captaining one of those Arsenal attackers? I thought that Gabriel Martinelli, who's one of my differential players, looked exceptional in their double game week. He only had one return, but he easily could have had three or four. Um, he's someone that I, I might be different and go since sun is in poor form at the moment, I might put the armband on Martinelli and just say, kind of let's, let's go for it. I, I think it's, it's a definitely a decent shout. Um, I would not be attack. I would not be captaining any defenders this game week. So it makes sense that you could go for a differential captain in midfield. Martinelli seems to have really come back strong after his uh, red card and after he infuriated all of his managers um, but I still think again, the, the upside on, on Sun, even who looks to be in poor form, it's only been two game weeks that he's blanked. He can easily prop up for 13 to 16 points. And I think you just rate the, the talent there, um, from a captaincy perspective, but to each their own bucks, I'll wish you luck. If you do go that differential, um, it's, it's again, one of those things too, in your head, it's like, you always want to captain a premium priced player and Although Martinelli is definitely underpriced this season, he's still not as, you know, he still probably doesn't have the ceiling that Sun has and also the pedigree that you've seen Sun do, do it time and time again in the Premier League. Yeah, my real thought there is I just have to start being different. Um, again, outside the top 150K, I'm right around 175 thousand in the world right now, which is great. All things considered out of the 8.5 million players that started the season playing FPL, but really 
anyone who starts playing FPL is chasing a top 25, if not top 10 K finish. And that's why I show up each and every podcast. I want to be uh, top of the table and I want to be, uh, you know, right alongside you uh, chasing a top 10 finish. So Bucks, have you given any thought to taking out Sala this game week and maybe taking a minus four, bringing in Kane, Captain Kane, getting two playing players and then using, a, you know, making some other mechanisms work, possibly Sun back up to Sala instead? I mean, I think there are a few different routes you could go in your team to maybe attack this one instead of playing um, few less players. And like you've earmarked this whole podcast, you really think Kane is the one in form and could deliver over the next three or four game weeks, especially, you know, looking at the fixture ticker Spurs have like the third best set of fixtures from game week 30 to game week 35. And so it could be a, a hit that could pay off. And then you could bring Salah back in for sun instead. I like the idea. I just think taking minus four two weeks in a row is not going to pay dividends, uh, especially as we mentioned, this is going to be a low scoring game week. So I think potentially taking a minus four in a game week where, you know, the top scores might be in the fifties, maybe sixties. I don't, I don't really love that. And we just profiled that Liverpool play Watford in a must win game. Every game for Liverpool from here on out is must win. And I think Salah is going to be the clear captain selection in 31. As we go into 32 and 33, we'll know more about where Liverpool stands in the FA Cup, if they're going to have a double game week. So I don't love the idea of hokey coking Salah out with the potential that I'm going to be hitting him back in. And you know, I'm not brave enough to take out Salah before they might have a double game week. Um, I might not be having the best FPL season, but I'm a smarter manager than that, at least at this point in time. Yeah. All right, Bucks. Yeah, I just wanted to run that by you because I think there are other players, especially that listen to this podcast, who don't have Harry Kane. And I think that's given his form and where we're seeing the Spurs attack go. He seems like the asset to own where his son could potentially be fading. Yeah. And, you know, the only issue is I think a lot of FPL managers probably are now tripled up on Spurs as well as Arsenal. And I think a lot of the most popular transfer moves are going to be to bring in additional players from both those teams. I'm maxed out on three from each. So that really limits my flexibility. If I were to bring in Kane, I would have to sell Sun this game week. And so it's not really adding. I'm not, I'm not like uh, I'm not reinventing the wheel um, by you know, I'm not going to sell Sun and Sala and bring in Kane for a minus eight in a blank game week. So I'm just going to kind of stand pat. I'm expecting a small red arrow in blank game week 30, but I think my team is going to be really well set up going into some of the late season double game weeks and easy fixtures. I will be chasing bringing in more Chelsea and City players when I go into the transfer window for game week 30 with two free transfers. That's really my thinking. I just, I'm going to want at least more representation from both of those uh, clubs that wear blue. And I need to figure out strategies today to make that possible in a couple of game weeks time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense bucks. And I did, I forgot that you were tripled up on Spurs. So not a recommendation for you, maybe a braver manager, especially if you're just playing for, you know, pride and trying to do as best as you can in your mini leagues, then you could make that hokey cokey switch. But yeah, if you're tripled up on Spurs, um, you're, you're pretty much set for game week 30. 
I will say though, if you still have your triple captain chip remaining, I would probably think about making the switch of Sun to Kane this game week, just so you have Kane plus a potential to triple captain him uh, down the road. You're also going to have Salah, of course, as a potential triple captain, but I'd rather have that arrow in my quiver as you attack the end of the season. And I think there's no way based on form of some of the other midfielders and the lack of forward depth that I would be captaining Sun in any game week from here on out. That being said, I think if I had Kane, I would really have to do some soul searching game week in and game week out about whether I'm going him or Sala or someone else. So um, for that reason, and because there is kind of a lighter pool of talent to pull from, I would rate uh, managers making that Sun to Kane swap uh, today. It's just, it doesn't make sense for my team because I'm not going to gain any additional matches played. For sure, Bucks, for sure. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our Game Week 30 preview. We appreciate your time, as always, entering your airwaves. Please check us out on social at FPL Blues Podcast. And we look forward to catching you all soon. I got to go pack for this boys weekend in Vegas. Bucks, I hope to, uh, like I said, get a stack of green, uh, green cash and some green arrows to follow. Let's go, baby. Congratulations. We're both in the triple digits. We're expecting even more points to come tomorrow. And we hope that you are all doing really well, enjoying listening to the FPL Blues podcast, enjoying your FPL season. Follow us at FPL Blues podcast on social media. Thanks as always for listening. Green arrows all around. Thank you.